When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to Play Tessie. It's episode 28. It is January 19th if you're listening on Drop Day. It's just me and Sammy. Sammy and Gordo here today. Episode 28. It is the Corey Kluber episode, and we're saying that because it is the official podcast of Lowering the Bar. That's where we're at today. It's middle of January, but Craig Breslow is kind of going on a media tour. Like that's That's what's been happening. In advance of winter weekend, I don't know if it's to get him practice when he's sitting in front of the crowd, or if it's because, you know, a lot of people in the media and on social, social media have been talking about how nobody, no Red Sox officials had been, had been speaking, had been doing interviews or anything like that, that kind of went around. And then a few days later, Breslow's talking to the globe and Werner's talking to mass live. And now uh, our, our buddy Rob gets an interview with Breslow and he also goes on the Fenway rundown. So now, now they're all over the place. Now they're doing interviews galore, and we got a lot to talk about today. But uh, before we do that, Sammy, how are you doing? I don't know, man. I'm nervous. I'm seeing all these rumors. I'm seeing the bar of the expectations from the fan base just get lower and lower and lower. Honestly, maybe the lowest I've ever seen fan expectations, at least in you know 2022, we had these maybe delusions of thinking big things would happen. This, I feel like people are just content to lay down and die. It's awful. So I don't know, man. We'll see what happens at winter weekend tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. A lot of things going through my head, but I am very, very nervous for the Boston Red Sox. Yep. And we're, we're going to get into all, because we both heard both interviews that Breslow did today. We have a lot to talk about. We have a lot of takeaways before we get into that. Just remember, hit that subscribe button, hit that follow button. You're listening on Apple, Spotify, Odyssey app. Google Podcasts might still be a thing. Maybe it's not. Don't know. Just hit that subscribe button. Get that notification whenever we drop episodes. Helps us out a ton. You guys love us. We love you. Let's support each other. But yeah, let's get into this. I thought, just to literally jump right in, I thought the main takeaway, and like it was pretty obvious, really straightforward, is that Breslow doesn't think the team's ready. He doesn't. He, I don't think he believes in the big league team that he has right now. I don't think he believes that they are one big addition away uh, in 2024. I don't think that he thinks that if you add a Jordan Montgomery or a Blake Snell, or let's say a Dylan Cease in a trade, I don't think he thinks that if you add those, one of those guys that you're going to be competing for a division title. And I think he's right. It doesn't mean you can't still do those things, but I think he is right that you're not one big, one big player away. I, that was my first and foremost takeaway from what I heard today. Yeah. I mean, I don't think they're one move away from becoming like a legitimate world series contender, but if you had a guy like Montgomery and then an impact right-handed bat, a, a legit impact right-handed bat to replace Justin Turner's production from last year, or I think you're fighting for a playoff spot. Say it again. I said, or just bring back Justin Turner or just bring back Justin Turner. Right. Yeah. It doesn't have to be so complicated, but yeah, it really depends like what you're aiming for when you say like doesn't believe in the team. Do you think this team could be a World Series contender? 
Probably not. That's a little bit crazy. Do you think they could fight for a playoff spot if they add a pitcher and a bat? Sure. I don't think that's crazy at all. I think that's actually realistic. Not saying they're going to make it, but they're going to be playing meaningful baseball in September. And honestly, and this is so sad, just like I said last year, that's all I want is meaningful baseball down to the wire so that I can have something to look forward to in September. And I'm not checked out of the games and just kind of like half watching in the background and looking at other teams like who's going to win the world series texas would be cool arizona maybe not that i predicted that but but that's um, where we're at that's where we're at we're, like think about it dude like a sad, month though. ago a month month two months ago we were thinking okay they're going to do some something and they're going to go back to the playoffs and now we're talking just like we were talking at this time last year where it's like if they get these couple of things and then a lot of stuff goes right, they can make the playoffs. And yes, there, there is, it is obviously, even if they rolled out the roster they have today, there's a non-zero chance that they can make the playoffs. But what I just don't understand, yeah. because like I understand where he's coming from. I, I the entire time Heim Bloom said the same things, I was pretty supportive of the of that. I didn't think the Red Sox were ready. Uh I thought the Red Sox needed to wait for a core to emerge at the big league level before making a bet. And it honestly is a little bit disheartening to hear that after that core has started to emerge, like we saw Tristan Costas break out in a huge way. Like he's a budding star. And now he's looking like he's a budding leader too, showing up to the rookie program and, you know, leading yeah. those guys and being there for advice. I love that. He broke out. Brian Bale broke out and looks to take another step forward this year. And Jared Duran unexpectedly broke out. And you pair that with, you know, Yoshida uh, looking like like he should be an impact player. You know, you're going to have Trevor Story coming back. Like, this is a team that's not dead in the water. So, I yes, it was a little bit disheartening. But one thing he didn't answer today, because I get it. If, if you're not – if you don't want to sacrifice a pick to get Blake Snell or you don't want to sacrifice tons of long-term money on Montgomery when you don't think you're going to be really good until maybe 25 or 26, I get that. But what I don't get is – even if you're not willing to make those kinds of bets, why does that take you out of going bigger on one to two year deals? Like they, like they did with Giolito, like they, they did it with Giolito. So they they've shown that they were willing to do it, but as soon as they did it with Giolito, they weren't willing to do it again, despite not being close to the tax. Like they're, they're still a good 40 something mil under. So I don't know why they can't do that. Either. I don't know. You, you were saying this and I'm thinking like, what's my answer going to be? I don't know. It yeah. doesn't make sense. Nothing makes sense. We're hearing all these rumors and like, oh, they might do this. They might. It, it could be so simple. And I feel like the Heimblum era, regardless of what you think of him, has made people way overcomplicate how baseball works. Look at Dave Dombrowski. You need a closer? Here's a closer. You need an ace? Here's Chris Sale. You need a bat? Here's uh, JD Martinez. How'd that go? Great. They won the friggin' World Series. Now, there were some bad extensions after that that put them in a bit of a hole. But, like, just don't make those mistakes again. I just can't get behind this way of thinking again. It's like an endless rebuild, and people are okay with it. That's the yeah. part that's crazy. And it's a small minority, but people just talking themselves into, like, one step down of a player, one step down. Uh, we don't need an ace. We don't need a number two. Maybe we just get a depth guy or... We don't need a number three hitter. Trevor Story can fit in. He hasn't hit well in two years, but let's give him a shot. Let's give him more weight on his shoulders uh, on top of anchoring the defense, which was the worst or second worst in baseball last year. Like, 
so many square pegs and round holes. And as Rob said, expecting guys to do things they haven't done before or have not done in a long time. Yep. It's just such a bad way to do business. And the, I don't know why it gets to me so much. The, the fan reaction to it, just like being content with it or talking themselves into it. It's, it's like watching people lose their mind and then they think you're crazy. Like, I feel like I'm taking crazy pills when I read what people are saying and like what, how fans feel about this. So I don't know, maybe, maybe I'm the crazy one. Maybe, maybe wanting a guy like Solaire who hits 36 bombs in a pitcher's ballpark with no line of protection. Maybe that is crazy. Maybe I should want 36 year old Adam Duvall or 35 year old Duvall, whatever he is. We'll get to that. But yeah, we'll, just we'll get like into the, we'll get into the, it's we'll... convoluted, convoluted and it doesn't have to be. And mm -hmm. it's just getting more and more crazy. I feel I feel like Heim Bloom never even left. Craig Breslow is doing. I shouldn't say that. Let me run that back. That's unfair to Breslow. Just the vibe hasn't changed. If that yes. makes sense. the vibe the is over, the same. It's, it's the same it. message. It's the same exact message. And that doesn't necessarily mean, like that's not necessarily a bad thing. Like I'll I'll move on to the next point. Another takeaway, and this was a better thing. Breslow said on both shows, both baseballs and boring with Bradfoe. And the family rundown with Cotillo and McAdam. He said on both shows, and, and honestly, I think he might have repeated himself on both shows, but he said that the last two months, a.k.a. how they've operated this offseason, the last two months are not predictive of how we will see the Sox operate moving forward. He said, quote, there is a point in time where these things are going to come together and we're going to bring in impact star power and there's going to be – and there's go that is going to complement this emerging core that we've been talking about. Basically saying – yeah, like when Meyer, Teal, Anthony come up, like we're not never going to invest in star power again. I just don't think now is the right time. That's what he's saying. And like, I like to hear that. Like, and just because my mindset for the last, what, three, four weeks has been, oh my God, they're not going to spend this off season. They're never going to spend because there's never going to be a more perfect time to spend. But like, so yeah, I, I like to hear it based off of that. But at the same time, can you trust it? Because as I said before, we were told by the Bloom administration that they were going to do that as well. And they were just going to wait for a young core to break out. And we have that at the big league level right now. Like Casas, Bayo, Duran broke out. That mixes with Devers, Story, Yoshida. Like they've got guys at the big league level. And they didn't see this offseason as an opportunity to invest in guys and push chips in. So I understand if you doubt that they will do that once Meyer Teal Anthony come up. I like me, I'm going to choose to listen to the guy who sounds, who talks with a lot of conviction in Breslow and believe it. Cause I want to believe it. I don't know where your head's at with Sammy. I don't like, I don't know if you think, do you think that Breslow's telling the truth here? Like, is this something that Red Sox fans should look forward to? Or is this just more of the same talk that doesn't get backed up by action? Look forward to what? Do you mean like, look forward to those three prospects coming up? No, look look forward to to spending and bringing in star power once those guys come up. Um, yes, I, I I do buy that. Just because he's too smart to like see those three guys come up, assuming they pan out close to what we think they'll be, and then not supplement. Like you got to be crazy to do that, or the Orioles and just not care. It just doesn't make any sense not to. So I do believe that. I want to believe Breslow. He seems like a good guy. He's smart. He's a World Series champion with the Red Sox. He's got a great resume. It's just, 
after what we've been through the last few years, I feel like I have to see it to believe it, which I don't think that's that crazy at this point. Yeah, that's that was kind of my mindset with ownership this offseason is like with with people giving them the benefit of the doubt as as guys came off the board. And I just said, there's there's no reason that you should feel the need to wait to see what the roster looks like on opening day, because this ownership group hasn't earned the right to have your benefit of the doubt there. Yeah. Like I just, we, we've seen it for years now. And so, they've yeah, been a, they've, they've been a last place team in three of the last four years. Like what more is there? And 2021, I might be wrong about this. I have been defending that team for like two years saying that was a legitimately good team. The more I think about it, maybe it was a fluke. Like you had Garrett Whitlock from the rule five draft as your closer, as your high leverage reliever for a lot of the year. And then your closer, you had Hunter Renfro, who just like went off out of nowhere. Who else you have on that team? Christian Arroyo had a great year that year. Yeah, he popped off. Just so many things went right. Uh, Dahlbeck. Dahlbeck was him and Bryce Harper were lighting up the second half of the year. Like, But this is what it, we talk it, about. This is what we get. You want to rely on that? You want to have to have a season like that to maybe have a chance? That's fucked up to me. Like, that's that's not what the Red Sox do. It's that you saw what, uh, well, we'll talk about a new driveline hire in a moment, but a new member of the pitching regime, he said he had a lot of offers and he chose the Red Sox. And then he posted a picture that said, because it's the fucking Red Sox. It's not a small market team. They have to operate like a big market team. Otherwise, what are we doing? We're the freaking Orioles. And I don't want to keep shitting on the Orioles, but like they have one of the worst owners in the history of baseball. I don't want to be like that. And that's what it feels like it's trending towards. I do have belief that it'll change. I just don't like how long it's taking. We don't like we bring up consecutive bridge year, man. That's insane. You, insane. You bring up the Orioles. And I think that's an interesting comp because the Red Sox, like, when this is all said and done, because they're they're not going to be bad in 2026. I I don't think they're going to be bad in 2020. Yeah. I don't think I don't think they're going to be quote unquote bad this year. But I think they're like I think by 2026, like you can almost guarantee they're going to be in the thick of things in terms of like legitimate contention. But let's think about it. They this this, and it is a rebuild. What we have seen this rebuild started in 2020. All right, they traded Mookie Betts, and that started the rebuild. So let's look 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 from that that point to this point. All right, how ironic is that to to start a rebuild? You you trade the best homegrown player that you've ever developed since Ted Williams. That's so dark. Yeah. So, but start now. We find out years later that he wanted to stay too. Yeah. But we don't have to get into that. Go ahead. Yeah. We, the Mookie conversation we could go on for freaking ever. But start with twenty twenty. 2020, 2021, 2022, 2023. That we've gone through four seasons to this point, basically assembling mid rosters that are incredibly imperfect, but have pieces where that have ceilings where if a lot goes right, they can compete. 2020, everything went wrong. Erod has the heart thing. Evaldi got hurt. Sale got Tommy John. Like they had no pitching, and you traded Mookie Betts. Dude, like, went off. Verdugo popped off that year. He was sick. Verdugo. Verdugo had a great year. Benintendi was completely awful. So was like the Red Sox in 2020. Oh, dude! While I'm while I'm recapping this, go look up his 2020 stats. <laughs> I think wasn't he on? Didn't he get traded? Uh, okay, let me look. It was uh, out, yeah. he got traded after 2020. 
It was bad. He got hurt too, but when he played, it was bad. 2021, the exact opposite happens. Like you said, Sammy, Bobby Dahlbeck pops off. You you get Hunter Renfro for like, I think it was like a $3 million contract. He pops off. Like you've got guys like Garrett Richards found his form on the mound. You've got Garrett Whitlock in the rule five. Like everything went right. Christian Arroyo pops off. Jose Iglesias signs with you at the end of the season and crushes it. So you make yeah. the playoffs that year. And then 22 and 23 are more so where you are because guys are going to get hurt. Some guys are going to have good years. Like last year, I thought Cutter and Pavetta had really good years, but then Whitlock and Halk were getting injured and had down years. Like guys are going to go up. Guys are going to go down. That's what happened. And they were very average both years. This is why I think people are talking themselves into literally whatever team the Red Sox put out there, because they'll just talk themselves into the absolute best case scenario. And of course, there's the con the converse of this where the people who just say, oh, they're going to fail. Everything's going to suck. But it's like you can't rely on every, you know, every dart throw to be a bullseye. You got to have some certainty. We I feel like we've just been going over this for months. We need enough of the square pegs in the round holes, enough of the maybe this guy works out. Get me some proven friggin' commodities already. It's been like literally like four years of this. I don't know how... Not everybody is tired of it at this point. It's so maddening. We just keep going over and over and over again. Maybe this works out. Cutter Crawford. Some some I like Cutter Crawford. Some metric about his fastball comes out. And now everyone on Twitter thinks he's as good as Logan Gilbert or someone like that. Just crazy betting on the craziest things happening. But and I, in some yeah. cases, it's okay. Like we talked about this in our in our group chat when the Blue Jays signed Gary L. Yariel Rodriguez. Yeah. I got okay. They've got Gosman, Barrios, uh Bassett. I'm forgetting one, not Manoa. Kikuchi. There's another one. Kikuchi. 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 They've got four guys. And now this guy, like, if he works out great, if he doesn't, you've got Alec Manoa to slot in. Like, that's when you can take bets. Yes, Cutter Crawford. Exactly. Cutter Crawford as your five is a is a worthwhile bet. Yep. But but and th- this will this will lead into the next takeaway because Craig Breslow, and and he he went more into this on Fenway Rundown, seemed, and granted, obviously, like you could take this as he has to talk like this because it's his roster today, but he seemed very intrigued and like excited to give the three swingmen that they have, supposedly, like he told Pete Abe that they were going to compete for the five. Whitlock, Hauk, Winkowski. He seems very inclined to give them a chance to start. And he didn't guarantee, of course, that that's going to be that one of them will make the rotation. But he seems inclined to bring them into spring training as starters. Yeah, and that might be posturing. That could be posturing for a trade. Because, like, if you're a starter, you're not higher. But also, it could just be, like, this is the roster we have today. Like, he's not going to say we are going to get another addition. Yeah. I guess he could. Some Some GMs do that. They don't do that here. Like, we haven't heard that kind of talk in a while. But, yeah, I mean... Like, talk about everything needing to go right. Like, not only with the way the team is assembled right now, you're basically relying on most of these things to go right. Giolito bouncing back to form, Bayo being at least as good as last year and hopefully taking a step forward. Pavetta be being better. Yeah. Better. Pavetta being as good as he was in the second half last year or the, the final four months. The uh, Cutter, Cutter Crawford taking a step forward and being able to get like through the sixth inning at times. And then one of Hauk, Whitlock, Winkowski proving to be a major league caliber starting pitcher. That is a lot of things that need to go right. All of whom 
all of those three guys you mentioned as the last guy have failed spectacularly as starting pitchers in Major League Baseball so far. So it's I just, wouldn't go that far. Give yeah. give give them a little bit of credit. How not, Winkowski has? Yeah, they've, they've shown some flashes. They've shown some flashes, but nothing to make you think that they could do it consistently. The I way think. the way I've seen it is like if one of them was your five and you had like legitimate like a real like if you had the Blue Jays one through four, then like yes. oh count me in and like to Put be the honest, words right out of my mouth. If you yeah, that, that, was, that was my next point. I was going to say if you're the Blue Jays, like you just said. Then you can give a guy like Whitlock a yeah. shot at the rotation. If you're the Mariners, even, even if you're like the, the Astros, the Yankees, because you've got like a legit ace at the top of your rotation. You got Stroman, the scumbag as your number two. Now Rodon, maybe bounce back. Like it's not the best example with the Yankees, but they would have a better, you know, better situation to do something like that. Just the Red Sox, like literally the last team that should be doing that right now. Like, the last team that should be taking chances on the rotation. And I don't understand how they haven't addressed that after what we watched last year when we had a three-man rotation for like two months and the bullpen is just gassed. Our guy, John Schreiber, I remember they kept running him out there. He's clearly running on fumes. They're like, nope, go back out there. Go back out there. And I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. It's crazy to me. It doesn't have to be so complicated. I'm all for getting these guys stretched out. I'm all for – and I personally, like if they trade Jansen, which – I know we haven't heard a lot about it lately, but I still think that that is very much on the table and honestly still a likelihood. Uh, but if they do that, I, I want Hauk to be the closer. But if he's not the closer, I would be totally happy with all three of those guys being stretched out. And like if, if guys get hurt, like last year, Bale wasn't ready opening day, like spots in the rotation open up, you want him ready. And if not, like Garrett Whitlock has shown that he's really good when he comes into games in like the fifth inning and you just let him go. So yeah, by all means, do that. But like, I want to get to one more... I want to get Sorry, to one ahead. more. I want to get to one more point on the uh, the Breslow interview, uh, and this is uh, from Bradfoe's interview. And honestly, it wasn't even necessarily a point because Breslow kind of dodged it a little bit. But Rob asked him about like the value of having an infrastructure in place so guys can come up and like have successful players to learn from, and not just that, but also so they can experience success. Like the Red Sox, like Nick York in an interview last year talked about how important it was or how much the Red Sox were emphasizing wanting their young kids to win in the minor leagues. You don't want these guys to be losers. You want them to come up knowing winning and you want them to come up and have success and want to do that. So Breslow didn't really answer it in a way that I thought was memorable enough to at least like even to write down. But I just, I thought that was an interesting thing that Rob brought up because it's true. Like the way the Red Sox worked in like 07, they, signed Dice and they signed JD Drew and they still had Manny who they who they'd paid like they they paid a bunch of guys and then the kids the Pedroyas the Ellsburys the Lesters the Buckles is like these guys that became your core supplemented the free agent additions that you had like you don't your window doesn't have to start when Meyer Teal Anthony come up like you could sign like I don't know sign a pitching staff like you've got like a solid offensive core in place sign a pitching staff, those guys come up and are ready to win instantly. Like, I just, yeah, I think there's value in that. Guys too. It, it, great example would be like Bogarts when he came up in 2013. Good pressure. You're playing in the World Series. You're playing in the playoffs, but you're also like batting seventh or eighth. You got guys carry you. It's just like, it, it feels like they're doing, I forget which, one of the Red Sox podcasts I listened to said this, and I totally agree. It's, apologies if I can't remember which one. I've listened to like a thousand today. Um, they're doing what they normally have done in reverse. 
when you're bringing up the young guys first right. and then you bring the veterans. That's so weird to me. You've won four World Series doing it the opposite way. Why would you change it? And you could do both. You're the Red you have you're the Red Sox, you have deep pockets, you can you can pay veterans, your young guys come up, and then when those veterans expire, you extend the young guys and you pay more veterans. Like it doesn't have to be an either or when you when you when you're a big market team. Uh do you have any more thoughts on this or do you want to move on to uh, to Adam Duval? No, the the one thing I would say was there was part of the interview that sounded like Breslow was alluding to making a trade for a pitcher. So he if they to. do acquire, yeah, like I don't think that it's going to be a big trade. What I said on Twitter today was who's the best team controlled starting pitcher you can get without forfeiting Meyer Anthony Teal. Yeah. So and that's, that's what I've been preaching. I've been preaching that this entire off season. And like, I don't know who that is, but there are guys like I, the two that come to mind are Edward Cabrera, Patrick Sandoval. I don't know how available Sandoval is, but like you get a guy like that, you increase the ceiling. If you're, if you're not like in, this is a, a discussion for another day. So I'll, I'll just like quickly say it and you'll be like, Oh, that's a good point, Gordo. Um, if this is going to be a bridge year, which they kind of are not even kind of, they're pretty much explicitly saying it is. Why, why is Nick Pavetta in the rotation? He's expiring. He should yeah. either be like, if you like the guy bet on him, him and extend him or what I would do because he's been, an inconsistent guy for years now. Like we've seen highs and we've seen lows. I would trade him. So I'll, I'll end it on that. And I also want to just say that like back-to-back days, we had, we had a Breslow interview in the globe and then we had all these podcasts. I love these things in podcast form so much more than I like them in print because Breslow actually has an opportunity to communicate his vision. Like we're frustrated right now, but like, I don't know about you, like I did get a sense of his vision and I do think his vision will eventually lead to success. Like, do I agree? Do I agree with the entirety of it? Not necessarily, but like before when there was radio silence and even when there was just quotes, quotes in the newspaper, like you have almost nothing to go off of. And it's yeah. hard as a fan to back that up. It just, it depends on how much you want to buy what he said. I don't know. You might've gotten none of his vision. You might've gotten all of it. it might be somewhere in between. I think that's most likely, but if mm-hmm. you choose your own path of how much you want to believe of that. I'm not yeah. saying he's a liar. He's just in a position where, where he can't give all the information because loose lips sink ships, kid. Yep. Well, we'll, we'll transition that over. We have a John Heyman report that said that the Sox and the angels are the two teams bidding for Adam Duvall. He is likely to pick one of those teams. He signed with the Red Sox at around this time a year ago. Um, so yeah, Adam Duvall back to hey, the Red Sox. Today, today yeah. we're recording. A year yeah, ago. today, today I'm recording day a year ago. And I remember uh that was like the signing right before winter weekend, and Heimlich couldn't talk about it. And uh he was like, Yeah, we might have someone coming in soon. And everyone was like trying to figure out is he talking about Duvall or is he like saying there's another move coming? Yeah. It was Duvall, but yeah, that's what that was happening a year ago. It's deja and vu. It might be happening again. Remember, I remember that. We were excited about Duvall coming to Boston. And you know why we were excited? Because he was going to serve as like a mostly full-time, kind of part-time, somewhere in between hitter who hits sixth, maybe seventh, sometimes fifth when guys are missing. You know, not a big role. But what do we need now? First off, let's back up. We got Tyler O'Neill. He's going to fill the role that I just described, I think. Who are we missing? Justin Turner. 
who hit what 23 home runs, 800 OPS probably would have been higher if they didn't make him play the field 400 times with a definitely, broken. definitely would have been higher had he not played on a busted up heel for the last yeah. month plus of the season, Two which months. was really weird because like he, we, we knew he was hurt, but they kept running him out there and he was 38 years old at the time, but we love him and he fought through it. That's why he's a beast, but he produced a ton uh, a lot of people would say he was your best bat, even though that's not statistically true. Like if you look at the big moments he had, you can make an argument for it. Like I said, 23 home runs, 800 OPS. That is what needs to be replaced. And you need to replace that because your rotation right now is not very good. It's a little better than last year, but it's incomplete and it's not that good. Your bullpen is very good. So that's nice. And your defense is bad. It was really bad last year. Yeah, you got Story, which is going to cover a lot of holes, but you also lost Verdugo, who's your best defensive outfielder. Duran is wishy-washy in center field. Yoshida, you can kind of hide him in left field. O'Neal's good. O'Neal's mostly, yeah, in left field mostly. Now he's playing the toughest right field on the planet, literally, at Fenway Park. And then William Abreu, I think, is actually an okay defender. He's, he's solid. He's solid. Yeah, solid. So your defense is bad overall. Um, a quick shout-out to Connor Wong, beast behind the plate. So defense is bad. Rotation, not very good. Bullpen is good. You need to hit. You got to cover up for those deficiencies because we know the defense isn't going to get much better. The rotation, we don't feel really good about it getting better. So you have to hit. So when you talk about bringing in a guy like Adam Duvall, who's going to turn 36 this year, who's had a wrist injury, a shoulder injury, an Achilles injury, a hand injury, more than that, I could keep going. I don't want to you know, rag on the guy because he seems like a good dude and he was good last year, but that is not who they need for this role. I'm telling you right now, that is not even close to what they need for this role. They need a legit impact bat. And this is kind of one of the points where I don't love stats like war because I feel like if you look at a guy like Jorge Soler, just use him for example, because I've been talking about him a lot lately. And you plug him into the lineup between Devers and Casas. Makes the lineup a lot better. Do the same thing with Duvall. Not as good. And if you go to the stat heads, I don't want to call them stat nerds. It's derogatory. Stat heads. They love the stats. They will say, oh, it's not that different. Look at their war. And they'll point to like, you know, whatever number they want to point to. I'm going to go out on a limb. If you ask a major league pitcher, which guy makes the lineup scarier? I think they'd laugh. If you compare Duvall and Soler, yeah. what's, I mean, Devers, Soler, Casas, that is terrifying for a pitcher. Devers, Duvall, Casas, eh, scary, but Duvall's in there. He strikes out a ton. He doesn't walk. He's slow. He's 36 years old. I don't love it. On top of that, he won a gold glove, what, in like 20, 20, oh, don't even, yeah, we're not. People keep saying, we're not there yeah, anymore. This was in 2021. Yeah. Or I don't know, whatever. Years ago. People want to talk about his defense. It's not very good anymore. He's older. It's not his fault. This is father time. So I, I don't like the fit. If they do sign Duvall, I'm going to talk myself into another move coming because that's the only way I'll stay sane until the season starts. I don't like it. I do yeah, not want them I mean, to sign Duvall. I'm going to be upset if they sign Duvall. Get JT. Bring him back. To get Hoskins on a one-year prove-it deal, get Solaire for two years, maybe give him a third year. Screw it. Not Duvall. I'm sorry. I like the guy, but no. Yeah, I, I, I'm i right there with you. If they they made this Tyler O'Neill trade, and in my eyes, that replaced Adam Duvall's role on the roster. 
I they need they need a three hitter. They need a three hitter. And your argument could be that Trevor Story is that three hitter. But Trevor Story did not hit at all last year. And he was average at best the year before. Very up and down. That's the thing about Duvall. He's that way too. He's his highs are incredibly high, but when his lows are as low as they get, and they get very low. Like you're 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 asking Trevor Story or Adam Duvall, both who have incredibly low lows, to him it hit in between Devers and Casas. It's just it's a it's not a recipe for success. And when you mix in the fact that O'Neill and Story both strike out a good amount, obviously Connor Wong strikes out a lot. And now you're gonna add Duvall into that mix. And like obviously, like it sounds like stupid if you were like posturing for them to sign Teoscar or Soler to be concerned about Duvall's strikeout rate. But Duvall's strikeout rate was higher than Sol- Soler. Actually, had a reasonable strikeout rate last year, and then Teoscar walks a lot too. That's a big he difference. Walks a lot, getting, especially if you're hitting third and Casas is coming up after you. Big, big, big difference if you're not walking. So, and also you said like his highs are high, his lows are low. You could say the same thing about Soler, but the ceiling is not even close. It's yeah. not even close. You're asking for a lot if you want. Add, what do you have like an eight sixty something OPS last year? Like. He played 90 games, and a lot of that OPS was was hit in the month of April, of which I want to say he played half. So, like, I don't know. His yeah. entire season's worth of numbers were compiled in two separate two week stretches, and then the rest of it wasn't very good. I'm just nervous that, as you said, Sammy, he's turning 36. He's had a lot of injuries. There's just a lot of room for that to fail, and with a roster the way that they're assembling it, they're going to need a lot of things to go right. And I just there are solid guys on the market like Justin Turner, JD Martinez, Reese Hoskins, and I'm gonna leave Soler out of this because he's he's up and down too and like has had his down years. But those three guys that I just named, very consistent guys. And two of them are two of them are older. But like even JD, like we we were all like a little bit ready, I think, to see him find a new team after his final year in Boston. But even his final year here, obviously he was way better last year, but his final year here was still good enough to be a middle of the lineup bat. He was an all-star that year. He just didn't finish it well. They just get double. They had a lot of doubles that year. A lot of doubles. But yeah. if they bring Duvall back, the, the offensive ceiling on the roster, just for the entire roster, it's just not, it's just not, sure. it's not good enough, particularly as you said, when the rotation is not good. <laughs> like, he doesn't, he doesn't help the defense either, man. His defense last year was not good. Negative three outs above average. So he's not helping with that either. So that's not an argument. And you can't say you can back up Casas at first base. He hasn't played uh, first base. None 20, of that. 18, and he's played 43 games at that position in 10 years in Major League Baseball. So I don't want to hear that either. Yeah. I but like, And before we move on, I will say, and you, you said it and I want to say it. If they get Adam Duvall and then get Justin Turner again, by all means, the Duval signing is great. Now you've got a lot of depth. Like things can go wrong and you'll still have a good lineup. But something yep. tells and like obviously it could it could be the precursor to a trade. Like if they sign right. Duval and then trade and like now feel comfortable to trade a Rafaela or an Abreu or a Duran or maybe a Yoshida, though I think that's I think that's less likely. Like there could be some interesting things, but regardless, regardless of what comes next, if they sign Duval. You and I are both going to be on the same page, clamoring for the next move, even if it's not as good as Justin Turner. Like, even if, like, and I'm not a CJ Crone guy, but even if it's like CJ Crone, like another bat to be in the lineup, like 
there's just so many things that could go wrong if you're if your offensive addition here is Duval. Mm-hmm. Enough said. Yeah, we're 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 gonna we got to keep it short tonight. So our uh, our enough said is gonna be combined. We're gonna talk a little bit about this driveline addition the Sox just made. Middle of the day, Red Sox hired hired uh what's his name Kyle Bodie. I don't even want to try to pronounce it. Bodie, body, uh, something. Kyle. Let's call him Kyle. All right. Yeah, yeah. They they hired Kyle. They hired Kyle. He's a uh, wait. His first name's definitely Kyle, right? Let's let's double check that. I think it's. Oh, Kyle. Yeah, gonna... I think it's Kyle. <laughs> we don't Sam, know the guy's name. You double check it. I'll start talking about him because it's an interesting hire because he's going to be a special advisor to Craig Breslow. This is the guy who founded Driveline. And the Red Sox have been hiring people away from driveline. I want to say they've made like seven hires from driveline. Uh, Kyle. Kyle. And yes, yes, seven. Seven hires from seven hires from driveline. And Kyle is is the founder of that. He worked for the Reds and like he's basically, I mean, he he's basically like he's an he's an outside the box thinker type. Like he's he's gonna come up with new ideas. And my thoughts on this pretty quickly, like I was talking to a, a friend of mine who works in the game. Uh, he worked in uh, in video for a minor league team last year, and basically his his thoughts on special advisors are it can be kind of like a a tough line to toe because what they do oftentimes is they come to different minor league like obviously the Red Sox have like a bunch of different minor league teams and like the special advisors will make a couple of trips to each team every year and like preach some things to their players. So that can be tough because with a guy like this, like who's got probably some pretty like outside the box ideas you're going to be teaching these things to your pitchers and like they got to have success with it right away out. Otherwise they're going to go right back to their old habits. So I'm curious to see how it works. Like the guy is going to have, have thoughts of his own and like it does have potential to go kind of haywire, but like, I like that they're bringing in new ideas. I think it's good. This organization in particular needs that. I agree. And my, my opinion on that stops there. I feel like everyone wants to have an opinion that's nuanced and everything. I don't have one on this. This guy apparently is a pitching genius. He developed driveline and everything. So I'm open to seeing how it goes. Not, not that I have a choice. Um, yeah, let's see. It, I think it can only be can only be a positive. That's what, um, that's my take. It can only be a good thing. If it doesn't work, we're, we're in the same spot we're in now. <laughs> yeah. So what could go wrong? Give it a try. By the way, that guy is intimidating looking. Kyle, he's like a big, big he looks like a mob boss. So... I feel like we're in good hands. Yeah. My my hope is that this guy is going to, I mean, I have no idea how involved special advisors are. Cause I'm sure it's like, obviously sometimes like Pedro's a special advisor. Like, th- like there's tons of these guys hired. And I'm sure. Yeah. You think the regular advisor is offended that they hired a special advisor? Are there even regular advisors? I think they're all special. I think they are all special. I got I think... a, I got that, that, uh, that dad vibe puffy jacket. And now I'm just making dad jokes. <laughs> Sammy, give it, give it like once you hit your forties, you're gonna be such a dad. Oh, dude, I'm gonna relish that. I'm gonna make the worst jokes. I'm gonna embarrass the hell out of my kids with bad jokes in front of their friends. <laughs> Can you like when like that. you you need to like grow like a Flanders mustache, like Ned Flanders from The Simpsons? Like that's but, but when you're forty, yeah, I gotta this. I gotta billow this out a bit, but. We could talk about that another time. I know we're running on uh we're running out of time here. We got to wrap it. It's a short one today. Yeah. Well, we'll wrap it here. Winter weekend coming up. If you're listening on drop day, that means it starts tonight. So uh, catch us in Springfield. We'll be there. Come find us. Say hi.
Uh, we'd love night. to see you guys. Love to love to meet anyone uh, who listens to the show. Big fans of, of everyone who listens to the show. But we're wrapping up here. Just remember, rate us five stars, subscribe, like get that get that notification when these episodes drop. Helps you listen in the morning, morning commute, like all of that. We want we want you to hear us every single time we drop shows and we love everyone who listens to this show. So yeah, catch us at winter weekend. It's been Gordo, Sammy for Play Tessie. We're going to have a good time this weekend. Thanks for listening. Toodaloo.